reverse engineer your customer's journey. So the step-by-step process your ideal customer takes from becoming aware that you exist all the way to becoming a customer. What does the cleaning industry really talk about? Beyond Clean with Ace is a podcast to explore just that. Now in its sixth season, Beyond Clean with Ace has hosted hundreds of influencers from around the globe. Listen to people who are excited about providing healthy, positive, and proactive information. Share their experiences, passions, and helpful tips. Now let's join our host, Dave Thompson, Director for the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, as he speaks with yet another leading influencer from our industry. Hello, everyone. Well, you know, hey, it's another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace. It's where the cleaning industry talks. And, you know, we don't always talk about cleaning. You might have guessed that because of the title Beyond Clean. Well, you know, technology is a great thing when it works. And, you know, sometimes it's not always the technology's issue that kind of delays us in getting to our podcast or if you happen to be watching today. Uh, the video cast. Sometimes it's because life gets in the way and we have these challenges because, well, quite honestly, if you're like me, I'm juggling too many doggone things and I can't keep up with all of them. Sometimes it's, you know, hey, I'm getting older. I forget. Sometimes it's other people forget and they get in the way. Anyway, why are you here today? Well, it's to listen to somebody else other than me rattled around in my brain um, gosh, I gotta tell you, this lady and I've been trying to get together for a while and it goes to that thing. I'm just talking about all of the challenges that we have. Um, I'm not going to introduce her. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about this because if things work right, there she is. If audio works right. Hello. Hello there. Oh, there, there. I love to hear that sound. That That is always good to hear. So, Mickey Anderson, Mickey, I will tell you this, what I have learned, Mickey has more than one job. And you all might think, well, you have more than one job, too. Uh, It's not quite always the same jobs you might be thinking about. Mickey, who are you, why are you here, and what are we going to talk about today? (laughs) Well, hello, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I as you eloquently introduced, I'm Mickey Anderson. I'm a marketing strategist and an educator, but I also happen to be a military wife and a mom and a business owner trying to juggle a lot of things. And sometimes, as I'm sure you can imagine, things happen and it can be tough to to hop onto a video podcast with a wonderful person like you. Oh, gee. She says that at the start of the podcast, folks, but she's not had an hour to spend with me yet. We'll see if she rephrases that here at the end. Um, Yeah. Now, the reason we're saying this, folks, is because we've had kind of a challenge. And Mickey, it's been from the sick kid to, you know what? I got a military wife. I got to I got to ask. Yeah. Uh, Okay. so what brings in the military? Uh, Canadian Army. Canadian Army. So, folks, does that tell you we're not in the same country today? Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. There you go. Isn't technology great where we can do this around the world? Right. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. it's, let's see, this time of the year, it's not snowing in Canada. No, at least not here. In some places it is, but not where I am. I'm in Ottawa, the capital of Canada, and it's actually quite beautiful out today. 
Aha. See, okay, good. Um, you know, Canadian military, that that's that's a kind of a new one for me. I don't think I've had somebody on um how long? How how many years? Um, oh my goodness. So he uh joined when he was 18. So I wanna say too many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 I'm thinking then that we're not at the entry level with the, the military. No, no he is. Uh, he's worked his way up. Uh, he works in special forces. And so he has gone, I want to say, on average, between 200 and 300 days of the year. Now you understand why she's a business owner, too, because she has <laughs> all kinds of I was going to say all kinds of time, Mickey, but that might not be true. I mean, with a four-year-old at home, not so much. <laughs> we'll see. The four-year-old is what gave us our challenge here a couple of times when we had this scheduled. Oh, so, yeah. folks, we finally have made it. We're not here to talk about family. But, I mean, you know, this is this is important, though. Family is important. And we're not always just what you see out here. There's that story behind. And this is what I like about Beyond Clean. You know, people think of people in the cleaning industry as all we do is clean toilets and wash windows. Just what we're talking about here, Mickey, we have lives. It's true. And, you know, regardless of who you are, what you do, what industry you're in, what business you have or what you're selling, you have a personal brand and every part of your life impacts that. So your family life, your morals and values, the way you lead your life, the relationships you build and the decisions you make every single day that, that impacts your business, whether you like it or not. And, and, it, and your brand. And, and that's yes. so interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, we have to market ourselves and our brand. So as a business owner, where do you, I mean, you got to juggle each part of that. There's a balance of these two. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to be different for every business owner. There are kind of two pieces you can think of. There's your professional brand. That's your business. So your business morals, uh, who you do business with, your target market, the colors of your logo, that sort of thing. But then there's your personal brand because people don't buy from businesses. They buy from people. And who you are as a person, who you are as you step into your business is going to influence the relationships you build with your business. And so they come together really beautifully and both need to be done with a lot of intention. And so as you talk about this, um, I know that you probably have a whole list of good things, but I'm just thinking, you know, what hits my brain here is that the controversy on LinkedIn mm. about this is for business, this isn't a Facebook I'm sure you have an opinion or a viewpoint. I have kind of an unpopular opinion. You know, we're all human and we all deserve safe spaces to share what's important to us and relevant to us. And I personally believe that no one from the outside gets to dictate what's important to my business and what's not. Mm. And so when you see those people commenting on LinkedIn about this shouldn't be on LinkedIn, it should be on Facebook immediately, I think I will never work with that person. And that's actually a great thing because Ooh. it helps me identify who I do and don't align with, who ah. I do and don't want to work with, and the way that I want my business to come into the world. And so it's, it's actually really easy. As a, an employer, if you're looking to hire, it, it's really easy to see the types of things that people are posting and whether that aligns with your business. And you get to make the decision, ultimately. So this is marketing, how we put ourselves out there. Yeah. You're not going to please everyone. <laughs> it's impossible. Now you just blew that out of the water. You mean, 
Okay. Yeah, I, I think after 50 years, I've kind of learned I really don't try to please everyone. But I, I think there is a, a point to this, though, Mickey, as you say this, we do, as a business owner, we try to please most of the people as much as we can. Mm -hmm. But you are right. We have to balance that. Um, so we have Facebook business now. Okay, so folks, you also know that I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I'm trying to learn. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to learn how to, Yeah, I will say, how to navigate all of the different marketing strategies to make my brand what it is. Yeah. Am I in the minority? No, not at all. You know, most business owners, the, the top problems in the world of small business or even medium business are cash flow and overwhelm. <laughs> I get, I get so the overwhelm part. <laughs> we can focus on overwhelm for sure, because I think a lot of business owners assume that each of these platforms is a different strategy. Mm. But the truth is, they don't have to be. When you think of your overall marketing goals and the overall goals that you have in those social media platforms, they might be different. They might all be the same. And so if we think, for an example, my business. So my social media presence on all of the platforms, I'm not selling on those platforms directly. It's not my goal is not to generate revenue right on those platforms. My goal is to drive traffic to my website. And right. I do that by getting engagement and providing value in advance. And so, so long as I am providing great value most of the time on those platforms, and I'm seeing that I'm moving traffic to my website, things are moving in the right direction. When I start to try and drive sales right on the platforms, that's when I start to see challenges because I ultimately sell in consultations and in person. And so I know the, the reason and the point of my social media presence. And so rather than trying to be everything to everyone and have a perfect platform and a perfect account on every place, I don't have to worry so much about that as long as I'm just providing value to my ideal customers. Now, that may not be everybody's strategy is what Correct. you're saying. Yes. And I think the the real, if I can give you like one really great piece of advice today, reverse engineer your customer's journey. So the step-by-step -step process your ideal customer takes from becoming aware that you exist all the way to becoming a customer, reverse engineer that process. So from the point of sale, what was the thing that made them buy? How did you get them to the place where they knew they wanted to buy? How did they find out about you and engage with your business? And if you can go back and backtrack each of those steps, you're going to understand exactly what your customer needs to move forward. So instead of starting with, let me get lots of leads and traffic and then figure out how I'm going to move them through, reverse engineer the process and it will become really clear what you need to do where. But in the cleaning industry, people don't like to even talk. I, I can't even get them on a podcast. I, you know, I, I say podcast, and they go, oh, no, no, no. Video? Oh, no, you're not going to get me on video. Uh, <laughs> I, I put out a newsletter, and they just don't give you feedback. So how do you get the information to do the reverse engineering? Well, it, it depends on your, your client. And if for you, for example, if your goal is to get people onto the podcast, 
And you want to get people who enjoy being on a podcast, not people who don't enjoy being on a podcast. There needs to be a way to filter that out and figure out, okay, who's engaging with the stuff related to the podcast? Who is interested in being on camera? How can I investigate those people? Reach out. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're coming to you. It means you might need to do some research in your industry and look for those people who are putting themselves out there and getting on camera. And so it's not always trying to attract everyone. You might need to go out and do the research as well. And that's exactly what we're doing because, mm -hmm. you know, you, you have to reach out in this business. Uh, uh, and that's not true with every business, but I think right. whenever you look at every industry, we all have our little different quirks and things. Um, you probably deal with a lot of interesting quirks. <laughs> oh, that puts it really nicely. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Hey, I, you know, hey, that, that's great. At least I made Mickey laugh on, on this, you know, so, hey, we're going to enjoy ourselves. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, a fear of being on video and a fear of showing up isn't just in the cleaning industry. It's all over the place. Small business owners everywhere are really afraid of stepping up and showing who they are. And it's for a lot of different reasons. I mean, not necessarily understanding technology, not understanding marketing, not feeling confident, not being a great public speaker. All of those things can, can layer on. But what you'll find is, again, people buy from people. Mm -hmm. And so how can you make those connections with people? If showing up online isn't your thing, there's got to be another way. You have to be able to play and test and try different ways to build those relationships and for people to get to know, like, and trust you, even if it's not online. But how do people know if, they, if they're not good at it and at if they never try? I mean, you know, it's, I saw something that I was looking at and the guy said, you'll never know where the edge is unless you fall off. Ooh, I like that. That's good. And That's I'm like, and whoa. True. Yeah. And, and I'm the one that's always pushing the boundary, always pushing out there. And I never really thought of it, but yes, I fall over the edge. Oh, and we all do. Yeah, I mean, when, when you fall over the edge, there could be something there to catch you. And you may find an elevator that'll take you to a height that if you would have never made that step. And I think this is what the, the online social media marketing that most businesses are challenged with today has a lot to offer if they'll just step there. It's so true. And I think there are safe ways to try and fail because we all <laughs> fail. I think we all assume that the people who are good at it were always good at it. And that's oh, not yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that this morning, Mickey. I said, you know, I was looking back, we've been doing this for six years now. And I look back and I go, oh my gosh, I actually said that on camera. Oh my Lord. Oh, man. It's true. Look at your favorite YouTube channels or your favorite podcasts and go back to their very huh? first few videos. And you will be shocked at the quality that went out. And so we all start somewhere. There are incredible ways to just even start where you don't have to put yourself necessarily online into the public. Sending video messages to potential clients is a great way to start practicing and building those relationships. Instead of posting it online, you can send it by email, but they get to see your face and hear your voice and you get to practice talking to potential clients. Yeah, I saw that. I work with the Mannington Mills, one of the big people that make the flooring. And uh, he said they have started actually uh, in all of their emails, they send a video message in the email. I haven't tried started doing that yet, but was something I hadn't even thought of. It's incredibly powerful. People don't get them often, at least right now. I'm sure the popularity <laughs> will increase over time, but people don't get video messages often. And so it piques curiosity. You feel special. 
and they get to see and hear your voice as you're speaking. And so it does build up more of those wonderful hormones and, you know, energy that you get when you're talking to someone in person versus just seeing a typed message. You know, that brings to mind, you know, I'm a baby boomer. Uh, so, you know, hey, I just don't have the gray hair, so you can't <laughs> tell, right? Uh, but, you know, I think about it. In my day, we actually signed a card and sent somebody a card. Yeah. And they got a personal thank you afterwards. I've done that a few times. And, you know, of course, you don't get a response. And you don't do it for getting a response. I don't mean it that way, folks. But you wonder if people still value that. Um I think you're right. Things that people don't do much in email is almost like, do I really have to look at another email? I get hundreds of emails every day. I don't want another email, right? And most people don't. We're inundated with notifications. And so um, I like to say, try to surprise and delight the people that you're interacting with in ways that will, you know, kind of take their guard down and make them feel like a real person values them. And that can be through writing a letter or sending a card. And those things are remembered. They're, they're tangible mm -hmm. moments in a person's life that they, they keep with them. Yeah. And I was talking with some folks yesterday that were new to podcasting and uh, working with the state of Missouri. And we were talking and they were like, you know, well, how to do podcasts and all this. And I go, folks, you got to remember, this is the modern day radio show that never goes away. Mm -hmm. It's always there. So because somebody doesn't listen to your whole uh, 50 minutes of your podcast isn't the big issue. If they like the content, they'll come back and watch more parts of it if they can't watch the whole thing. And then mm -hmm. one of them goes, well, I've got a 50 minute drive. I go, well, now you can watch, you can listen to a 50 minute podcast then. Exactly. We're in this time of instant gratification. But we forget that with marketing and our, our marketing assets, so your podcast, your emails, your website, your blog posts, your social media platforms, these aren't things that are just in the moment gratification. They live there. They're a house. And so for my business, for example, I'm not necessarily trying to get a whole bunch of people and go viral on my social media <laughs> platforms. I'm just creating a home where people can come and learn more about me at their own pace. We call it binge worthy. <laughs> so they can come and just binge worthy, huh. binge through as much content as they want to get to okay. know me and feel great and learn more about me so that they can move down that customer journey and become more likely to buy. That's it. So you're building like a database of yeah, all yeah, of the and, things and, you know. Yeah. And as you say that, that's interesting because like on YouTube, I think I probably, I'm topping probably 300 different videos out there now. And it's pretty hard for someone of our, our, our network to come up with something that I don't have a video on that I haven't made. So they're starting to now learn before they ask me a question, they just go to the YouTube channel, search out my how to videos, and they're likely to find something that, and I think that's your, I never thought of it as binge worthy, but Hey, mm -hmm. I have to start using that. You know, <laughs> Hey folks, that's why you're on a podcast, listening to something, get a little, a couple of tips. Um, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. <laughs> Okay, so now that we've talked through all of this, Mickey, uh, what is it that you do? I suppose we ought to actually tell people that. Yeah, so I help small and micro businesses, so startups typically within the first five years. I help them understand their customer journey, build their marketing strategy, and start to execute. And as they bring in team members to help take on tasks within their marketing, I help them train and prepare them and set them up for success as well. 
So some of what we're talking about is exactly what you do all the time. It is my day job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of figured it might be, but then, um, so, you know, I'm kind of curious as you work through this, Mickey, yeah. what, how much of their time really should be spent? And I think this is what people ask me because we're dealing with small businesses here at the Academy that always come and take classes on, you know, how to do the things professionally. And I get a lot of new business owners that come in. And so we're trying to put together something that will help them get their businesses started. Yeah. And, and that's why I was interested in talking with you. You know, I'm now to the point where I understand what I do. I mean, I got my classes and I got all that down, but it's the social media stuff that I'm challenged with. How much of their time should be spent on that versus, well, I guess running their doggone business? You know, I typically break it down to about an hour a day spent on growth marketing, on their marketing in general. So whether it's social media, writing content, being on podcasts, whatever it is they're doing for their marketing in their role, the things that are most important to that person in particular, not just being busy for the sake of busy, but the things that are really going to move the needle for their business, about an hour a day should be plenty for most business owners if you're doing the right things. It's very easy to get sucked down the rabbit hole of social mm -hmm. media and mm -hmm. try to do everything manually and do everything yourself. But there are a lot of time-saving things you can do and people you can leverage to contract and take over a role that will save you time and get you better results in the long run as well. Okay, so give up some of those. Okay, you said yeah. several things. All right, come on, Mickey, give it up a little bit. So as you're going through your marketing tasks, whatever it is you're doing. So if we're sticking with social media as the topic, we can stick with that. Think about the things that take you the most time and that you're the most mediocre <laughs> or incompetent at. For me, it's creating the graphics. I am I'm a great writer. I was a conversion copywriter for many, many years, but creating graphics is not my thing. I, I'm not creatively designed in that way. Okay. And so I subscribe to a, it's a subscription service where every two weeks they send me a package of graphic templates that I can easily and quickly customize that fit my brand. And that way I don't have to do any of that work. It takes me five minutes when it used to take me an hour. So that's a really simple one. You can buy templates or you can hire a graphic designer to deliver you a certain number of graphics each month. That's a really easy one and it's actually quite inexpensive. All right. Um, I'm, then I'm going to, I'm going to pose a side question to that then. Yeah. My experience, at, at least in what we do and everything, that if I can actually show actual photos of either myself or a team member, somebody actually, instead of what I would call stock graphics, has much more impact because it goes back to what you said. It's more personal rather than, and I think as, as more business people are getting used to this, they're getting more attuned to, they can actually notice the difference between one and the other. For uh, sure. And it, when you hire a professional, they're going to take into account what your brand is like and what's important to your customers. And so, for example, with my brand, my images are all over them. Uh, I had headshots done many times. And so I have those and I can easily and quickly put my picture into those templates with no problem whatsoever. They're also designed in a way that makes sense for my customers, which is to stop the scroll. It's to catch their attention and to read the caption. 
And so you'll know what's best for your business, but hiring a graphic designer to really tweak and create those images or at least create the templates so you can pop in those quick images of your employees or of the job being done, that's going to save you a lot of time coming from scratch and it's going to stop the scroll. You want to grab people's attention as much as possible. And sometimes just plain images don't quite do that as well. So, you know, uh, there was a period of time where we we had the, uh, what was it? I want to call the, the people that did the, the drawing, the character drawings. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were where that was a thing because you had to watch to see what they were actually going to finish. Yeah. Uh, but I think today you mentioned instant gratification. You know, what has just beyond me, Mickey, is I got to tell you, I cannot believe how many people watch a 10 second clip and get value from it. I'm like, is that my age showing? <laughs> well, I think we're all just getting busier. There are so many new pieces to the world that didn't exist before, right? Technology is just one example, but we've got so many things going on in our everyday life that if and there's so much information available on the internet today. And mm -hmm. what used to take 3,000 words in a blog post has been whittled down to the core message of what really is most important, which is 10 seconds of value. And people trust that. If you can get rid of the fluff and really get to the core of the message faster, more clearly and more effectively, you're going to be trusted more. Yeah, yeah it's just, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, heard, I, I know I'm stuttering here, right? <laughs> But it, it's so confusing sometimes and beyond uh, comprehension in a way. But I heard a gentleman uh, years ago said, have you ever seen the three or heard about the three second goldfish? Mm -hmm. and I'm like, what? And he explained to me that you could put your finger up to the goldfish bowl. And in three seconds, if you don't move it, the goldfish goes away. It's what you're explaining here. Yep. Yeah, our attention spans are super short. And it doesn't mean there's not a place and a time for long form. Blog posts, YouTube videos, podcasts are still super and hyper relevant. But again, they have a very specific place in the customer journey. That's that binge-worthy content where people are really getting to know, like, and trust you. But when we're trying to catch people who don't know who you are as attention, we need to do it quickly and effectively so that they can move on into that binge-worthy content. So if I get this right, we have to have the 10 second to get them to recognize, to, to filter us out. Then I have to have the binge worthy content to get them to do that before they ever get to my website to actually spend time to read what I actually say. And you know, every customer journey is different. For uh, every no, industry no, every that wrong? no, that was great. But you can think of it like a website as well. So for example, if you show up on a website and there's no headline at the top and no context, you're probably not going to scroll around a ton. You're going to be like, what is this? And leave. And so having a really captivating headline at the top of a website is what gets people to continue scrolling. And so that's really the goal of those 10 second clips is to get people's attention so that we can keep them, educate them and move them forward. But some people know what they're looking for. Some people have been in the game mm -hmm. and they're like, no, I know exactly what I need. And I'm just going to do a quick Google search, look for the most expensive cleaner and hire them because they're probably the best. And so it's not everyone. But when you set your content up in that format, you're going to serve most people in the way that most people will flow through it. Yeah, And so, you know, one of the things I've learned, Mickey, is I've learned I've got to use hashtags because that's how people search things. I hate them. 
You talk about things that you're not good at. I am not good at thinking about what kind of a hashtag people are going to search for. I don't yeah. think in that realm, it's extremely hard for me to figure out which hashtag. Uh, I've had to learn how to do that. Yeah. But you are right in the fact that once I've learned that, um, viewership has went up. Yeah. And I have a great tip for hashtags too. There's a lot of platforms that will help you curate collections of the highest ranking and best hashtags for your industry. So I use um, an app called Flick, F-L-I-C-K. Um, and so they help you research has hashtags and choose the most relevant and the ones that are getting the most views and you can curate collections. So you don't have to come up with it from scratch all the time. It does the work for you. So that's something that I've done to help me reduce time spent on hashtags because I also am not a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we learned two things. Mickey doesn't do graphics well. She doesn't do high. No. You know what? I'm not feeling quite so bad now. <laughs> I know my zone of genius. I know where I work really well. And I also know that there are people who are better at most things than I am. And so I'm not afraid to curate a great team of people and resources that are just going to help me do a better job. So today, if you don't have a website, you're not a viable business. You know, it's funny. I met with a business just earlier this week that doesn't have a website and is breaking in consistent cash and doing a phenomenal job of growing without it. And so I don't know that you're not a viable business. I think it's really hard to scale your business and continue consistent growth without a website. I, I think it's a great place to, to show your authority and show that you are um, a real business and you take your business serious and to extend your reach. But when you're first getting started, if you're stuck and you can't afford a website, don't stop. Keep going. And then when you can, get a website. <laughs> if you're not on LinkedIn, you're not a business? Again, I disagree. I think depending on your industry, B2B, or if you have B2B elements, elements of your business, yes, LinkedIn is a great viable place to be. Is it a necessity? Absolutely not. Again, there are many, many thriving businesses that aren't on LinkedIn. They know their customers, where their customers are engaging, where their customers are finding them, and they go there. Being everywhere isn't as important as being where your ideal customers are. So if you don't try everywhere, how do you know? You ask your customers. Right. Well, you can, you can fast track a lot. If you investigate your customers, do customer research, you can look at other businesses in your industry or people who've done it in different industries and choose and test for sure. But I'm from the mindset of choose one primary platform that you're most likely to succeed in. Optimize it, go all in on it. And then when you've got that down, then you can start to extend. But most small businesses are so overwhelmed that more platforms means a lot of mediocre and nothing is done super well. And my humble opinion is do one, do it incredibly well, and then you can expand afterwards. So beings that, you know, this podcast is for the cleaning industry. Uh, I'm not only talking about the people that actually contract clean. We also have a lot of uh, people that are in-house providers that, yeah. you know, they, they, they hire their own staff. They do, um, you know, they, they listen to this and go, well, this isn't for me because I'm not, I'm not running a business. And mm -hmm. I go, I tell them, I go, think about this. You have a bigger budget than almost all of the cleaning operations that are out there struggling to make a living. You, you actually have more of a business than they do. You just don't think of it right. Um, how do they market? I mean, they don't think they need marketing. Well, I think marketing doesn't necessarily mean social media. 
I think marketing is all of the communications that you're putting out that lead to the point of sale. And then when you get to the point of sale, that's sales. But anything before that, where you're building relationships and communicating what you do and how you serve to other people, that's marketing, whether you like it or not. And so referrals is a part of marketing. Conversations and networking, a part of marketing. How you present yourself to prospective clients is a part of marketing. And so whether you like it, you are marketing. (laughs) Whether you decide to go in and invest time and energy into it is a whole other conversation. You know, watch a four or five-year-old child. They are very good at marketing. Oh, my four-year-old can market better than anyone. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to hit a string. <gasps> she but, knows. But it, she knows. Yeah. But it is true. Uh, you know, but they have, they don't have at that age, they don't have the filters that you and I have to deal with today. They don't struggle with the, all the other thoughts about what are people going to think and how they're going to take it. Um, in some ways, We need to take some lessons from them. It's true. I think a lot of our fears aren't real or valid. Kids don't have the same fear because they haven't experienced the things that we have. And sometimes I I think a lot of us assume we know everything or assume we know a lot. And it closes off our mind from being creative and trying new things, being open-minded. But when you come to things as a beginner, open to learn new things, ready to fail and try and test you're going to find you come up with better ideas, you think outside of the box, and you're more willing to test and lean into things and, and learn from them, even if you fail. Yeah, and I think that goes back to what we started with the podcast this morning, Mickey, is like the guy said, if you don't go over to the edge and actually step off the edge, you won't know. And you're mm-hmm. dealing, as you said, from one to five year businesses, that's where they either succeed or fail. And my gut's telling me, It's because they never step over that edge. It's true. They either um, think they know everything and aren't willing to try, um, Mm -hmm. or they are much happier, much happier, much more um, content being busy instead of being profitable. Instead of letting go of the things that they feel they need to control, that they really don't need to control, and doing the things that they are uniquely and really need to do in their business to succeed and let other people take on other things. You have worked with uh, a number of different, uh, and and they're not all just Canada based because we have it this way. How much of your media presence working this way? uh, I know with COVID, everybody has changed. Uh, I was trying to do this before COVID, but couldn't get people to, um, well, they couldn't recognize it. They just was like, no, that's something that we don't know. You know, we need to face to face and everything. And now people are like, oh, you guys. And I'm like, yeah, you finally caught up. Uh, <laughs> that's because I stepped over the edge and got familiar with it before it was needed. Um, you know, I always talk, you know, we have some special words that we work with here at the podcast. And one of those is progressive. Mm-hmm. I think there is a point where new businesses are struggling with the day-to-day so much that they can't be progressive in their future. Yeah. Does that, is that, I mean, this is a part of marketing just as well. Yes, absolutely. And marketing is evolving every second, right? With machine learning and paid advertising and all the different platforms and streaming platforms. And there, there's just so many components and nobody can be amazing at all of them. It's just impossible. No. And so you really need to understand your customer. You really need to be willing to 
try new things and fail. And you need to be willing to outsource the knowledge and expertise of other people, whether that's hiring contractors for projects, whether that's getting other people on an ongoing basis, applications, whatever. But you need to know that it's okay to not know it all and not do it all well. You have to be able to give up some of that control so that you can be progressive. If you are not growing at the rate of the economy, your business will fail. Like That's it. Yeah. If, if you're not growing, you're actually sliding backwards, they always yes. say, right? Yes, absolutely. How much how much has it changed for you over the years then? I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you didn't quite start right here. Yeah, quite a lot, actually. Um, but at the same time, some things have stayed really the same. Uh, my business has grown primarily through networking, public speaking and educating. And that's still true to this day. It's through meeting great people, both locally and through referrals. Um, it's through connecting and being connected by other incredible people and by showing up to public speak in different places and educate. And that has been consistent along the way. The different avenues that I have put out content has changed, um, but the actual message has remained the same. And I like to think of it like almost like a company like Snickers, for example. Back in the 60s, they put out advertisements about, um, you know, get a Snickers when you're hungry or take care of your hangry, right? That message is still relevant today, and they still have consistently been putting out the same message. So for business owners, although the platforms and the mediums change in terms of where you're positioning your content and your message, your message itself needs to be clear and dialed in and consistent across the board. I, I really understand that because my message has always been about health. Mm. Um, I, I was actually doing that before I recognized it. And somebody actually brought it to my attention. And I said, aha. And ba it's basically what you just said. A customer brought it to my attention. Yeah. You know, you're really focusing on health. So I made it a primary thing um, in the shield for, you know, for the, well, what's over here. Okay. Um, it says knowledge protecting health. And that's what I do. It's all about why are we doing what we're doing, knowing what we're doing to get a, re a result, a reason. And it's about protecting health. Yes, the logos change, the, the, the things around it, but that has always been the center of the focus. Um, so what are you best at and what are you worst at? Uh, my biggest strength, I want to say, is uh, being able to project possibilities for the future. So looking at the potential, where you are, where you want to be, and what are the possibilities that we can lean into. So strategy is a huge component of my, my strength. And then second is probably communications. <laughs> uh, I was a conversion copywriter, so I, I write good words here and there. <laughs> uh, oh and that has helped me become a better speaker because I take what I've written and then I put my twist on it and I speak and I try to be as confident as I can. And so those two things help me both educate but also inspire. And it speaks to what you just kind of said. When you tie your business to a bigger mission, something that's bigger than just you, just the results you want to get. But but like for you, it's health. For me, it's helping businesses build a legacy instead of just a flash. And when you can do that, people really feel connected to you. Mm -hmm. So my biggest weakness is execution or I want to say finishing projects. I'm not the closer 
of projects. Ah. I have people who help me close. <laughs> I have people who help seal the deal and, and finalize all of the things. I am the visionary. I educate. I do the big picture things. But then when it comes to the small nuances of getting stuff done, I need I need friends to help me with that. <laughs> You know what? I and, and I, I understand that. I spent 35 years selling uh, you know, janitorial supplies, and I always loved um, the challenge, the the unsurety, the edge, if you will, mm -hmm. of finding the prospect, getting them on there, getting them in. But once they were in and everything was running smooth, uh, <laughs> let somebody else deal with that. I need to be on to the next one. But and, and I think the reason I asked that is because I think this is part of being an owner, uh, being a part of a, a marketing is understanding both sides of that coin. Correct. Yes, absolutely. You have to know yourself. Nobody knows you better than you and nobody knows your customers better than your customers. And so if you can be obsessed with two things in your business, it's understanding your strengths, leaning into them, leveraging out your weaknesses and then become obsessed with speaking to, communicating, and learning from your customers because they know themselves best. You've mentioned public speaking several times. Yes. You know what? I love doing it. Mm -hmm. I've missed it so much the last two years. Uh, you know, here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be speaking all day. and Then I go, go to Missouri and do some. I am just I'm all jitters because I'm like, I can't wait to get out there and do that. Uh, I have this feeling you're somewhat the same way. Yes. Yes. You know, I was really fortunate. My, my dad, he was the CEO of a few manufacturing enterprises and he is an exceptional communicator and public speaker. And I was fortunate enough to be around him oh. <laughs> and watch him and really feel what it's like to be in the room with someone who has presence and who speaks clearly a message that matters to the audience. And I'm so grateful that I got to experience it because it's helped me learn a lot about myself and my strengths when it comes to public speaking. And the biggest thing with public speaking is know the point and lead with the point. We say, don't bury the lead in uh, copywriting. And it's the same thing. You want to give people the big point right at the beginning and then keep them. But if you wait until the end to tell them the whole point, you're going to lose their attention. Yes, they, they have to know what the why they're sitting there for the 45 minutes or whatever it is to respect and enjoy the journey. Yeah, or the why journey is this relevant? Work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, totally un, uh, I totally get it. I had one experience uh, the year before COVID uh, shut us down. And I had always struggled with how do I get there? And I finally, finally hit the right. But it was like you said, I was searching for the hook. I was searching for the little thing that made the difference. And a professor at a university uh, that I'd seen, I, I clued in on something he did. I talked with him and he said, Dave, you need to try this. It took me a year before I could make it work into my program and be part of my brand, like you said. Mm -hmm. But when I did, that changed the dynamics for me. And you are right. There was 300 people and it was like the next word you spoke, the next thing you did. And it was a, it was a 45 minute journey that I'll never forget. Yeah. When you, when you finally learn that really public speaking isn't all that complicated, it's actually no. really simple. And when you can get rid of all the fluff and get rid of all the, the excess 
and get to the core of what's most important to the people in front of you and communicate that really well, you're going to do incredible things on stage and for your audience. Yeah, and, when, and once you hit that, it's easy to replicate that because yes. now you've got that aha, but getting to that point, mm. holy. It takes time and practice. And, um, you know, there are public speaking specialists out there. I've written, goodness, way too many keynotes <laughs> <laughs> as a copywriter back in the day. Um, but really the, the best way to do it is to practice and practice on people who don't, who don't really care so much because you'll know right away when they lose attention, <laughs> when they stop caring, it will hit you and you'll know, okay, this is the point that I need to improve in my speaking. Right. And, and that's, that's that can, true. It, it takes some practice. It takes some courage to get up in front of, especially if you care about these people. <laughs> but if, if you can get in front of people who don't necessarily know what you're going to talk about and capture their attention, you know, you're on the right track. Oh yeah, it it it's it is a journey, and I agree with you in the, in that. But folks, I got to tell you, if you're listening to this podcast or watching us on the video cast, uh, it is well worth the journey, the effort. And then, as we started this after this morning and talking, it becomes part of your brand. Mm, absolutely, the better. Yeah. I mean, the better you are as a communicator in general, the better your business will be. That's it. Yeah, we started a rock star custodian program about four years ago, um, you know, out of a guy's book uh, here again, you know, took something somebody else had, uh, talked with them, we created something. And first few tries of it was like, whew, boy, man, I don't know if I spent a year just trying to please myself. Uh, it worked, but it wasn't quite dynamic. And then over the years, and now I go to conference and go, oh, you're the rock star guy. It's become the brand now. Uh, and so, you know, we've now taken all of our courses and we've, uh, you know, taken that and rebranded to the rockstar program. Everything's now rockstar, but it, it started, like you said, and it was public speaking that did it because nobody knew about it. Nobody knew what was coming up. Uh, and then it hit the cord. And, you know, it speaks to that consistency we've been talking about as well, because you're not going to get it right on the first try. I mean, businesses take iterations upon iterations to finally get their messaging right. But without really dedicating and committing to that message over the long term, you're never going to get to that place where you nail it. So you have to just commit and keep trying, whether it's public speaking, whether it's media, whatever it is. But the thing with public speaking is people see you speaking in public and they immediately believe you're an authority and listen. Right. The second you put yourself on stage and speak in front of a crowd, you will be deemed an authority and an expert. It's just the way that the brain works when we see someone single themselves out and get in front of a crowd. Yeah, that's because the rest of them always want to do it, think they could do it, but are too. Well, I could have said something, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, but it is. It, it, it is scary. Yeah, I, there is no doubt. But that is part of being an entrepreneur. It's being yes. scared. And doing it anyway. Yeah. Be scared. Do it anyway. That's it. Get up on stage. Stutter. Try. Practice. You know, that, that's it. I can tell you the first couple times I spoke in public, I was physically shaking. <laughs> and I had to hold things in my hands and hold on to the podium. And like all of the things they tell you not to do, I was trying to stop the shaking but the second I got off stage, spoke to some people, and then tried again, it became less. 
and less and less until now. I don't shake. I'm just like high five and having fun. You don't you don't need the podium and you don't need anything no. in your hands anymore. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It just takes practice. It's like mastering any skill. You're not going to be perfect at it immediately. Stop looking on Instagram at all the people who are amazing and comparing yourself to them. Know that it takes practice. And the only way to get better is to commit to the mastery. Yeah, I was talking on a broadcast that we did here recently, and I was mentioning this 10-second thing, and and uh, uh, overnight there was 20,000 views of a 10-second clip that I put out, and I was so happy about it. And the other guy said, you're not even on the radar yet. You know, when you get to 20 million, then you're on the radar. And I'm like, now, wait a minute. You know, that like taking a swift kick of the teeth, you know, put me under the bus, but you got to get the 20,000 before you get the 20 million and, you know, we'll get there eventually sometime, but it is taking that thing that I wasn't good at. And now I'm embracing it because it's that next challenge to the edge of where I need to be. Yeah. You know, I think comparing yourself to other people who have no context around who you are, what you do, what your business is doing is the wrong thing to do. And that's why tracking your metrics with your with your marketing is really important too, right? Because yeah. you'll be able to see the benchmarks and the next steps and set your targets. Instead of trying to get the 20 million before you've got the 20,000, you'll know, okay, I need 20,000, I need 30,000, I need 40,000. And every time you're gonna see growth and progress. Yeah, and, and so I think folks, if you're listening to this or watching the video cast, you know, I think what Mickey and I are talking about is keep plugging away. Yes. I, I, that's this keeps there isn't a golden goose egg in this marketing thing it is it is so varied it has so many what's the next thing for 22 you know i think in terms of marketing specifically I think with this kind of transition back into the office, a lot of people are going back to the office or getting back into in-person. I think public speaking is going to be huge. Events, in-person gatherings, anytime you can get in front of a real human, shake their hand if they'll let you, <laughs> mm -hmm. that is going to be transformative because people are lacking that and missing that. And so as much as paid ads and TikTok and all of these things are huge right now, we all at our core are humans who need human connection. And the biggest way to get that oxytocin, to get those great feelings is, is to be around great people. So put yourself in positions where you can meet people in person, go to events, show up in person and try to build your business that way, I think is going to be the, the biggest thing for, for 2022, 2023. I, I think you're right, Mickey. I think the personal touch is definitely going to uh, be out there. There's a couple of questions I always ask people and travel seems to be the highest uh, number one thing that people are waiting to be able to do. Uh, some of it's because, you know, they have no funds at this point because of uh, employment and everything. Some is mm -hmm. because of uh, the scared of being in amongst people again and everything. Um, we'll get through all of those things. I think 23 will be an interesting year when it comes to what you and I are talking about. But I, I want to, before we end the show here today, I want to also talk about, because you mentioned a couple of things, and one of the things I tell people that are entrepreneurs is there's a difference between making money and making profit. Yes. You have a viewpoint? Oh my goodness, yes. So 
if you want to have a real business that lasts a lifetime, that becomes a legacy that you can pass on, profit is the number you need to focus on. Revenue will get you so far, but profit is what's going to establish your wealth and legacy over the long term. And so if you can continually push the needle and increase profits, you're going to see a longer sustained growth in your business. That's it. It's that simple. You know, I tell people to keep the lights on and pay the bills is just making money. Mm -hmm. Going to Argentina and Chile is making profit. Man, booked and busy versus being able to go and live the life that you most desire. Right. I personally don't want to be chained to my desk working all day, just paying the bills. I want to travel and take vacation and enjoy the hard work that I've put into my business. But I also want it to sustain me and keep me passionate. And the only way to do that is to make sure that I'm increasing profit and working on the things that are most important for me and not just being busy for the sake of being busy. So. We've talked a whole lot about all kinds of things, and I, I, I didn't know that we were going to talk about marketing for the most part, but I guess that's what we did. We'll have to have you back on to talk about other things, because I know it's not the only thing you do, Mickey. I'm always available for you. Hey, you know what? You know, th this is the thing is, is I, have, um, I have one gentleman that comes on every month. We have a standard monthly thing with him. Um, I'm always looking for somebody to come on on a monthly regular schedule if you want to do that. Hey, Got we're, me. We're That's here. it. <laughs> Where do I sign the dotted line? Now, 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 folks, as soon as I said that, then I thought, oh, my gosh, Mickey uh -oh. and her schedule. Oh, no, <laughs> that might not work. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out for sure. <laughs> what would be, I mean, you know, I, I noticed on um, on your website and, and folks here, hang on just a minute. If you're watching, uh, let me see if I can make this happen. You know, I got this big board in front of me. It has all these buttons and it's like, okay. So this is Mickey's website and it says book a free 15 minute call. And, and, and I had, I looked at this and I, and I thought, okay, so Mickey likes these short little things again. You know, she's in that, but it, it goes to what you're talking about. Um, rather than a whole lot of stuff right here at the top, you have a personal message. Talk to me for 15 minutes. That's it. You know, it, if you want people to take action on your website, you need to tell them what it is clearly and tell them right away. And so for me, most of the people who show up to my website have been engaging with my business, my brand and myself for a period of time. And if they're coming to my website, it's typically to do something. It's either to book a 15 minute call or to join one of my programs. And so I wanna make it as easy as possible. And so every time anyone comes back to my website, they see that button and they're gonna think, you know what? I should book a 15 minute call. Okay, so now underneath this, folks, if you're watching the video cast, you can see um, I, I love this one with all of the post-it notes all over and even stuck on her face, you know. Now, I, I, I thought when I, when I thought when I first saw this and I didn't know you, I thought, what is Mickey doing with a sticky note on her face? And then I'm like, <laughs> that's not Mickey. But it goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So most of my ideal customers, man, they are busy and have too much stuff on their plate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I thought, you know, this is it. Uh, I, I did show my wife and she goes, pour a glass of red 
She said, but she didn't say wine. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> My wife knew exactly what you were talking about. Exactly. Exactly. And most of the people who show up to my website have seen me on different platforms or engaged with me. They know I like a glass of red. <laughs> so then I had to scroll on down. I said, now we've got Mickey with her glass of red. There you go. <laughs> and you'll see like my brand is, is humorous. It's kind of cheeky. It's a little tongue in cheek. You know, I have a lot of fun. Uh, I am not a stark and super professional brand. I am a real person and I bring humor and laughter to everything I do. And so my website reflects that a lot. The people who like to work with me like to engage with a fun and, and entertaining environment. And I, and I thought this was interesting as we were talking about the marketing earlier and the, the stock photos and stuff. And I, 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 because I wanted to show everybody what you do is you blend the two together. Yeah. Uh, you'd use the 15 minute, you use the stock photos, you use the character, you use the personality of you with your glass of red. Uh, now, I'm, I'm just going to go here. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, because here at the end of the podcast, if somebody's still listening or still watching, I might get by with this, although it might be, bite me too. But I did actually think you only showed women on the front page. Ooh. Was that, I'm sure that had an absolute thought. You don't miss a trick. Yeah, it's true. Most, I want to say most of my clients who are signing up through my website are women. They're female entrepreneurs and startups. I do have male clients, absolutely. But most of those relationships are built through networking behind the scenes. They don't typically go through my website. They go through my LinkedIn. And so I know my customers and where they are, who they are, where they're engaging and what they need to hear. And so I know that my website, if I track the users, the majority of them are women. You know, and I think this goes back to what you said earlier, Mickey. And I just kind of wanted to show this and bring this up to our audiences because you don't only counsel people and talk with people this is exactly how you build it this is the thought process that goes into this i'm going to go out on a limb i'm gonna go up to that edge and step over here a minute when you do your public speaking it's probably geared to women yes yes absolutely and i public speak in small and large events but they're mostly women's entrepreneurship groups locally and abroad um, whether it's, I've, worked, I've spoken at real estate investors groups and whatnot, but mostly it's it's females. Um, it, it's just kind of my personality when I am engaging with men and building relationships with men to grow my business or to to take on projects and whatnot. Typically, like it's, a, it's a, just a different experience. They're not going to the same events and, and needing the same things as my females. What? And I, and I think, folks, if you're listening to this, please go to her website. Uh, I thought it was interesting. It says, hey, MickeyAnderson.com. You know, I love like that. Hey. Yeah, I, 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 I saw that. I'm like, I got to reach out to this lady. Uh, and we actually came together through Podmatch, mm -hmm. uh, a service that we both are involved in, brings us together. Uh, and, and this goes back to what you said before. We use all kinds of different avenues to reach out, to communicate, to connect. Um, but who knows, maybe you might hear from Mickey again. I'm not sure, but we'll <laughs> maybe see if we can get a schedule together. 
we'll try and make it happen. I have a few days that are always pretty set, uh, but my daughter starts school in two weeks. Her first kindergarten, like oh. we're just getting started. And of course my husband's work is crazy right now, right? It always, it always happens. So my schedule is a little bit crazy for the next two weeks, but then things start to settle down. Well, don't worry about it. Cause I'm, I'm going to be traveling and stuff. And so my month of September is pretty full. So we're both Who busy. Knows, we got maybe, this. <laughs> maybe in October we'll find a way to get back together, talk more marketing here. Uh, For sure. Mickey, what would be the, the 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 main thing that you would like to close out the podcast with? I think if you do one thing after listening or watching to this, it's become obsessed with your customers, with your ideal customers. Who do you most want to work with? And become obsessed with learning and understanding who they are, what they need, where they're engaging, who they're fans of, what they're following, where they're going. And the more you can understand them, the problems they're experiencing, their day-to-day -day lives, the better you can solve problems for them and align your business to help support them on the long term. It's not a one-time thing. You want to build long-lasting relationships with these people. So become obsessed with who your ideal customers are. And that's reaching out to past clients, present clients, and prospects and not being afraid to ask a lot of questions. Oh, there are so many things that we could talk about. <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, okay, we get, you know, there's only so much time in a day. And I'm, I'm, I've chewed up a whole lot of your time because I got hold of you finally. <laughs> Folks, if you enjoyed today's podcast, we we would really love for you to share it with other people. Uh, the podcast is not just for us. It is for you. So go to beyondcleanwithace.com. Uh, you can find all of our information there. I'm trying to find my little banner that shows it, but I can't get it at the moment. So what the heck? Um, make sure that you go to theacademyofcleaning.com. That's where you'll find all of our classes and our podcasts and everything. Please, if you're listening, we are looking to the last 60 days of nominations for the Rockstar Custodian Program. We've been getting them from all over the country. We're in our fourth year. I am going to be so happy to be able to recognize another Rockstar this year. It's been a great program. So please go to rockstarsofcleaning.com and nominate your Rockstar today if you're listening. Um, gosh, all of those social media things we talked about today, Mickey, we are got, we've, we're on them all. I wasn't there to begin with. It has been a six year run of learning all of this stuff. Cause I wasn't on the social media, but it's been, uh, it's been a fun trip so far. Yeah, I've got two questions. Yeah. I've got two questions. I ask every guest the first time they come on. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Where were you born? Toronto, Ontario. Aha. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Canada always? Uh, I have not lived in Canada always. I've lived in Germany. I've lived in Illinois. I've lived in West Virginia and then Canada as well. Aha. Uh -huh. The military moved you around a little. Automotive, actually. And I was a, a competitive swimmer. So I went to university at Marshall University in West Virginia. Now, see, folks, if you don't ask questions, like Mickey said, you don't learn anything about anybody, right? Okay. Number two, what is on your personal bucket list for this year? Um, Not this business. year? Yeah. I'm going to Vegas for going the rodeo. <laughs> for a rodeo? 
for the national finals rodeo. It's held in Vegas. And I am so excited to go and watch the rodeo and walk around Vegas with a cowboy hat on and some cowboy boots and just have a really, really great time. Uh, when is that? Uh, it's in December. In December. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, second December weekend in December. Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. Now, folks, we know why she's leaving Canada to go to Vegas <laughs> in December, right? If the I leave Canada, I'm going somewhere hot. <laughs> and I love a good rodeo. <laughs> oh, well, now, see, they, these are the things, is, and this is about, part about being personal, you know. Uh, people are, well, that's, that's who we are. I mean, this is what life is all about. Yeah, yeah. I have enjoyed our time, Mickey. It's been fun. I'm glad we got together finally. Folks, Please like and share all of our links, all of the videos, all of those channels. It's there for you. Please share those with other people so they can enjoy them as well. The reason I asked these two questions, folks, is because now we know Mickey started her life in Canada. We know that she's traveled around a little bit, and now we know she enjoys a rodeo. There's a, <laughs> one thing is we don't know where Mickey's going to end up. That's it. Nobody life is a journey. Life is a journey. What we want you to do is make sure that you keep that journey healthy, positive, and proactive. Until we see you on there again, have a good one. Thanks, Mickey. Thank you so much.